What is truth? And why does it matter what I believe? We'll explore those questions and more in our third episode of Adventology entitled, Truth or Lies? Welcome to Adventology, the podcast dedicated to helping you find answers to the big questions of life so that you can live a life of influence that ultimately impacts the world for eternity. Each week, we will explore a different chapter in the story of humanity that centers around Jesus Christ and culminates at His second coming. Whether you know Jesus already or are simply curious about what the Bible has to say about the end of the world, this podcast has something for you. Here now is the host of Adventology, Travis Walker. There is no question in my mind that we are born to believe. We could not function or exist without it. Belief by its very nature drives everything we do. But where does belief come from? Some might say from our parents. But then where did they get belief from? From their parents? And so you keep going backward and eventually you get to the origin of belief. And yet there is no scientific explanation. Humans believe. Animals do not. Why is that? Evolution cannot account for belief. Belief simply is. Now, a much easier question to answer about belief is, what is it? Belief is the acceptance that something is true. But is belief the same as truth? Obviously, we believe what we believe is true. But what if it isn't? You might say, well, it doesn't matter what I believe as long as I believe it to be true, then it is true to me. Okay. And if there were no consequences for believing a lie, then it probably wouldn't be worth discussing. But what if there are real-life consequences for believing truth is a lie or believing a lie is the truth? Consequences change things, don't they? especially if those consequences are the difference between life and death. So does what we believe matter? Well, now the answer might be modified. It doesn't matter what I believe as long as it is true to me and my beliefs are not hurting anyone. With this answer, we are at least acknowledging the danger of believing a lie. But the acknowledged danger is only subject to our current reality. But what if there is more than our current reality that we should be concerned about? What if there is an eternal reality? What if the belief that we are all born with, but can give no account for its origins, actually comes from a God who created us? What if there is moral truth, a moral law, we were created to believe and obey? The scriptures actually pinpoint the moment when the truth was first contested by the lie here on earth. In the book of Genesis, we read, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any of the trees in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, 
lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here we have the first moment in recorded history when belief really did matter. On the one hand, the woman has been told God's version of the truth. If you eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, you will surely die. On the other hand, she has been told the serpent's version of the truth. You will not surely die. In fact, if you eat this fruit, you will set yourself free and become your own God, subject to no one but yourself. So who was she going to believe? Who was telling her the truth? You see, if she had relied on reason alone, she would have believed what God told her. But in the moment of temptation, she abandoned reason and instead decided to rely on her senses. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. You see, her feelings led her to believe the lie. It looked good. It felt good. So it must be good. But what were the consequences? Death. To be clear, when I say death, I'm speaking of its definition, the absence of life. Thus, death is the ultimate proof that God was telling the truth and the serpent was lying. Death was not a reality before we believed the lie. But afterward, death was ever to be a part of our reality here on earth to remind us of the most fundamental of moral truths, the wages of sin is death. The truth is, we are daily surrounded by the reality of death. We read about it in the news, we are entertained by it on the screens of our devices, and ultimately it even reaches out and touches the ones we love. We literally face death every day. And yet, in spite of this, death seems so unnatural to us. We all know we're going to die, but we rarely think about it or admit to it if we do. Instead of death, we think about life, even eternal life. Why? Why, if death is a reality that we all must face, if there has never been evidence that any man has ever escaped its grasp, Is there this universal belief in eternal life in every religion? Why, if we know we are going to die, do we believe there is life after death? There can only be two answers to that question. Either one, we don't actually believe in death, at least according to its definition. Or two, we believe that we will be resurrected from the dead. So let's explore each of those scenarios. If we don't believe when we die, we really die. In other words, we believe we continue to exist in another form throughout eternity. Then we really don't believe in death. In fact, whether we realize it or not, we actually believe what the serpent said to Eve. You will not surely die. You will be like God. 
You see, immortality is the opposite of death. Now, there are some admittedly great benefits for not believing in death. Number one, if there's no death, there is no sin, and obviously no consequences for committing sin. And if there is no sin, then there is no truth, no right, no wrong, no guilt, no judgment. Sounds pretty good so far. And it gets even better if there's no right or wrong, then truth is subject to me, not me to it. I determine what is true. What I like is true. What I don't like is a lie. And if I am the determiner of truth, then I'm God. I have to admit there's a lot of appeal to believing this. If this is true, then life simply is about discovering the God within me. How I live then only matters to me. How I treat others then only matters to me. They have their path, I have mine. But what if death is true? What if when we die, we actually die? We cease to exist. Then our only hope is in a resurrection. But to accept that death is true, we must also accept the cause of death, sin. And what is sin? The scriptures tell us simply that sin is the transgression of the law of God. And if there is a law that we are subject to, then certainly we are not God, but are rather subject to the government of God who established it. So in the end, like all things, we have a choice. We can either believe the philosophy of the serpent, all is one and all is God, no right, no wrong, no rules for me. Or we have another choice. We can believe for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Believing in Jesus does not negate the reality of death. In fact, It is only as we recognize death for what it really is that we can appreciate the gift that God has given us in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus died to give us life. It means much more when we understand the finality of death. Jesus was willing to go to the grave eternally to give us eternal life. That is a truth that has power. It is a truth that moves from an abstract concept to a relational reality. You see, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus tells us that there's not many ways but one, that there are not many truths but one, and only by following the truth can we have eternal life. And if we have to follow Jesus, the truth, in order to have life, we must also follow his word, which teaches us how to follow him. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. You see, freedom is not found in mysticism, finding our own path, making our own way, looking into ourselves. Freedom is only found as we follow the truth. You shall know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth shall make you free. Therefore, any religious movement 
that downplays the importance of truth is in reality downplaying the importance of Christ. It is placing man's thoughts and man's opinions above God's. It is buying into the spiritualistic lie that sin isn't real, you will not surely die, and you can become your own God, deciding for yourself what is right, what is wrong, what is truth, and what isn't. But Jesus said, The hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. You see, spiritualism teaches you only need to worship in spirit. An outside source of truth is unnecessary to guide you. The truth is found within. But God says that we are incapable of finding the truth on our own. Truth must come from an outside source, through the Holy Spirit and through God's Word. Again, Jesus says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you of things to come. You may have been told you cannot know the truth. You may have been told that truth is inconsequential to spiritual reality. But Jesus tells us otherwise. Jesus says he is the truth and that the Father is seeking those who worship in truth and that the Spirit will lead us into all truth. To be ready for Jesus, we need to be ready for the truth, to believe the truth, for there are very real consequences for believing the lie. In fact, the Bible tells us the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even more than believing the truth, we have to love the truth. Don't make the same mistake Eve did in the garden by allowing your senses to be the arbitrator of truth. Only the word of God can free us from the trap of trusting ourselves. Belief alone won't save us in the end, no matter how sincere our belief is. Our only hope is belief in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adventology. Our goal on this podcast is for you to be ready for Jesus. And the best way to be ready for Jesus is to spend time getting to know Him. 
Knowing Jesus is everything. That is why we spent time today studying the importance of believing the truth. But don't just take my word for it. Study it out for yourself. And for a hands-on experience, I encourage you to check out our website, adventology.com. And for study guides you can download immediately and start using today, we recommend the It Is Written Bible Study Guides available electronically at itiswritten.study. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Or better yet, leave a rating or review on SoundCloud, iTunes, or from wherever you downloaded this podcast from. Your positive ratings will help others experience the same blessing you have received. So I hope to see you back here next time on episode four when we will explore why we need more than a knowledge of the truth to change our behavior and do what is right. Maranatha.